0: Hello, and welcome to Covered Credits, the bi-weekly podcast where we discuss books and their movie adaptations. I'm Ian George.
1: And I'm Adina Hilton. Today we'll be discussing A Walk to Remember.
0: I am... So excited to talk about this.
1: (laughs) I bet you are. Ever
0: since I finished the book, I've just been dying to discuss this.
1: So for this episode, Ian read the book, Mm -hmm. and then we both watched the movie together. So Ian has particular insight on the
0: book. (laughs) Yeah. Now, you read the book, though, when you were like in middle school, right?
1: Yeah. A long time ago, I read a bunch of Nicholas Sparks books, um, and Walk to Remember was one of them. And then this was also a favorite in my youth group. Uh, Everyone loved (laughs) this movie and always wanted to watch it. So we can get into that. (laughs) For obvious
0: reasons when we get into it a little bit. Yeah. But yeah, I don't think we've talked about it on the podcast yet, but um, we each time we read the book and watch the movie, we don't discuss it until we actually get into recording.
1: Yeah, like if we're both reading it or when we're watching the movie, we try to say as little as possible about it so that our discussions are more fresh.
0: Yeah, so it's organic, you know? Yeah. Yeah, so uh, ever since I I finished this book, I've just been dying to...
1: Tell me all about it. kind of
0: unload about it, (laughs) which you're probably already getting a hint of how I felt about it. Yeah. So uh, I would like to say though right off the bat I gave this a shot I really I went into it with fresh eyes Mm -hmm. um you know Nicholas Sparks writes a lot of books and even though I knew it'd be kind of sappy kind of romantic you know
1: yeah I was
0: okay with that mm -hmm. and I was hoping that it would still be well written and enjoyable and interesting uh which it it was none of those things
1: (laughs) 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 you tried I tried I really
0: but honestly since chapter one which I have a lot to say about chapter one. Okay. Um, yeah, ever since cha- it, I knew what I was getting into. So uh,
1: So the movie was directed by Adam Shankman. And it came out in 2002. And obviously, uh, the book.
0: Famously written by Nicholas Sparks mm-hmm. in 1999. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so I think even before we get into like, where they start off let's talk briefly about the setting because there's a big difference between yeah. the setting
1: and it's also interesting to note that um so a walk to remember or a walk to remember was written after the notebook mm-hmm. which is one of i think his most popular yeah book but the movie of the notebook came out after a walk to remember which is kind of surprising so they're switched yeah. yeah so um Just an interesting fact about that.
0: (laughs) So the book takes place in, they both take place in a town, a small town in North Carolina. Mm -hmm. Uh, The movie's in modern day, but the book takes place in 1958. Mm. And to be completely honest, I have no idea why. (laughs) There's nothing about this book that needs to take place in the 50s. Yeah. And honestly, Nicholas... Sparks includes such little detail about the time mm-hmm. that I felt like he was purposely like trying to avoid detail. Cause he doesn't know the fifties super <laughs> well. And he was, or
1: he was just like, Oh, it's a sweet love story. So I'm going to make it in the fifties. Well,
0: and he actually, I, he gave a reason for why it was in the fifties. And for mm-hmm. him, it was because um, it's kind of jumping ahead a little bit, but they have a very, I'll, I'll say innocent, Um, relationship Mm -hmm. and it's not much of a spoiler to say there's no premarital sex in -hmm. this story which there is sometimes in a nicholas sparks book yeah and he said that's why he put it in the 50s was because as he put it it was a different time
1: because people didn't have sex in the 50s no
0: people never (laughs) had premarital sex back in the 50s that was everyone was a good person back then yeah so that was his reasoning
1: well i totally get why they made the movie in, like, the 90s, mm-hmm. even though it was filmed in, like, it, was, it came out in 2002, but I think they had it set in the 90s. It felt 90s. <laughs> yeah, it felt really 90s, but it made sense, like, who would watch a movie about two teenagers in the 1950s?
0: Yeah, it, <laughs> there's just not much of a reason for it. In yeah. One, well, I, I won't get into it, that's kind of a spoiler, we'll try to keep it mostly spoiler free for as long as we can. Yeah. Um, so, the book starts off in the 50s, and... It's written in the first person Mm -hmm. of the main character in present day, kind of like reminiscing and reflecting on these events. It's
1: like 40 years since then or something. Yeah, although it's not
0: very clear. Okay. Like maybe when it first came out, Mm -hmm. it was obvious that this is present day. But now that it's like over 15 years after it came out, you're kind of like, when is the narrator? Existing, like what time? Yeah. Like, I don't know if it's 10 years after the mm-hmm. events of the book that he's thinking about, or so I, I wasn't crazy about that. You know, it kind of doesn't set that up very well, but yeah. So, first person, and it is not only in the first person perspective, but it's in such a, it's written in such a conversational, like folksy way mm-hmm. that just drove me crazy. Oh no. He, there's so many little mo- like he'll I'm sorry there's a plane going overhead I don't know if okay. we can hear that on the recording but yeah. that's fine so he'll constantly put things into the dialogue or into the writing saying well anyway back to the story oh or my God. start off a paragraph anyway this is something else that's happening or <laughs> he said like probably 10 different times he'd say something and then follow it with if you know what I mean Ugh. he'd say something in the most clear way you could possibly phrase it he'd be like I'm not very good at math although English was a better subject for me if you know what I mean (laughs) and it's like of course I know what you mean you just stated it in as clear of a way as you possibly could
1: like he was trying too hard to make it like casual
0: yeah and that just Really, it's like
1: hard to get past it. Yeah, the whole
0: story was written as if you were cornered at a party by a guy (laughs) who started telling you the most rambling, boring story, and you just want to get away, but you can't. One time
1: when I was in high school, (laughs) (laughs) yeah. Uh,
0: and the that's the other thing about the first chapter that was immediately apparent was he the whole first chapter is exposition, Hmm. he establishes every character and everything you would need to know for the rest of the story unnecessarily in that first chapter, instead of organically flowing that information as you would need to know it, he lays it all out, (laughs) and including details like the play that the characters are in later on, the high school play. Mm -hmm. He tells you the whole plot of the play in the first chapter before they even start the theater class that they're in. It, Uh It just... I'm reading it. I'm like, there's... At one point, he even goes on a tangent and then ends it saying, well, anyway, back to the story. And I'm like, there's no story yet. You haven't told a story. You're just... How do
1: we know there's a story? Yeah,
0: so that's my brief rant about the first chapter and kind of a lot of my issues with the writing of this story.
1: Yeah, so right off the bat, you were like, no. I'm I'm out already. (laughs) Yeah, so Jamie is the main... Or one of the main characters, and she's the pastor's daughter of yeah. the town and then Landon is the bad boy at least he is in the movie I don't know about the book
0: the book's different yeah and in fact the Landon of the movie and book are two very different characters Well,
1: that's interesting
0: yeah yeah in the movie he's kind of a bad boy yeah uh but in the book he's just kind of an apathetic teenager okay mm-hmm. which I have mixed feelings about mm-hmm. uh in in He's kind of got a reputation of being a delinquent oh, without actually having done anything. And he kind of even admits that. Hmm. He's like, yeah, I don't know why some people don't like me. All I do is hang out with my friends in the graveyard and eat boiled peanuts.
1: What? Yeah. (laughs) Really? Boiled peanuts? Boiled
0: peanuts. (laughs) Like, this is one of those, like... Maybe
1: this is a 50s thing that we don't understand. (laughs) I think it's a
0: a thing... Nicholas Sparks thinks people did in the fifties, but nobody did. He's like, Yeah, they just ate boiled peanuts all day.
1: Yeah, I mean in the movie, so the movie starts out and Landon is with his like cool kid friends mm-hmm. and they are being, you know, crazy and doing dangerous things and are trying to uh initiate some boy into their cult club yeah. <laughs> <laughs> by jumping into this Uh, factory pond or something. Yeah
0: off a piece of machinery like a, a spillway kind of thing. Yeah
1: it's very unsafe looking and then of course the kid jumps and then gets maimed I don't, it's just, never explained what happened I think happened it's just that he him.
0: belly flopped from high up.
1: Yeah, but he like. But then he's
0: in the hospital. He's in the hospital. For like a while. Yeah,
1: and he's bleeding. I mean, maybe like his nose, I can see his nose bleeding from something like that, but I don't know if he like hit something or what happened. Yeah,
0: not, but so Landon, he jumps, Landon acts like he's going to jump with him. Yeah. And then he fakes him out. So mm-hmm. the kid jumps and he doesn't.
1: Because he's a terrible person. Because he's a horrible person. Oh,
0: my God. This is one of the most irredeemable people I've ever seen in a movie, I think. Yeah. Like, even, like...
1: Well, even, like, he pulls the guy out of the water, and then he just kind of makes sure that he's, like, breathing, and then he takes off because the police are coming, and he's like, okay, bye.
0: Yeah. <laughs> he had just that amount of empathy to make sure he was still breathing, I yeah, guess. Yeah, he was alive. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, way more of a juvenile delinquent in the Mm -hmm. movie. Although, honestly... mm.
1: Maybe they thought that would be more of a contrast, like bad boy sees the light and changes his ways instead of just, like, regular teenager who kind of doesn't care about anything decides to care a little bit more.
0: Yeah, which, on one hand, like could have worked
1: mm-hmm. I
0: just feel like Nicholas Sparks wanted to have his cake and eat it too Yeah, where he seemed like kind of a bad boy mm-hmm. but also
1: heart of gold
0: yeah like he wasn't at all yeah although he was still a terrible person he was in the book he's <laughs> the number of comments about women and their appearance in the book was so disturbing to me really he he'd make comments like for example about his theater teacher uh-huh. he would say something about like how kind of sad she was. She was like tall and kind of unattractive and awkward and people thought she wanted to get with Jamie's dad, but like everyone kind of felt bad for her because of that and just made you depressed and just framed him as an asshole. Very
1: judgmental.
0: Yeah. And it's not even in the framing of, Oh, I was a high school kid. I didn't know any better Mm -hmm. because this is from
1: his older perspective, from the older perspective.
0: So there's no, I don't know any reflection on that aspect of it, he's still talking about it as if that's how he feels. Yeah. So that was kind of problematic too. hmm You know, all the, he s- talks about all the cheerleaders as if they're all stupid. Ah. Uh. Um, he literally only values women based on how attractive they are. Yeah. Like his friend's girlfriend. Mm-hmm. His friend Eric, who's also a terrible person. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he's like, the only good thing about her was her legs, pretty much.
1: Whoa.
0: Yeah. <laughs> those <laughs> 1950s values. Yeah, <laughs> those bring legs. some of those
1: back. <laughs> and
0: uh, literally at the beginning, when he first sees Jamie, the first thing he notices is that she has boobs now. Oh, man. That's kind of the first, oh, she, you know, she now has breasts under her sweater. Is about, yeah. Her
1: sweater. Her they sweater. They make fun of her sweater so much in, like, the movie and maybe in the book, too. It's just so weird. It's like, excuse me for wearing a sweater. Like. Yeah.
0: Or her skirt. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah, so Jamie's the other main character. Yeah. Who is very famously a Christian mm-hmm. in her high school, carries the Bible, always talking about God's plan and, you know, quoting Bible verses. And yeah. she's just very... uh Bland mm-hmm. is the plain, b- plain. Mm-hmm. Even though
1: <laughs> boring, I guess.
0: So even the book tries to do that trope of nerdy girl who takes off her glasses and becomes hot.
1: Oh my god, yeah.
0: Which you know the movie does too, except it's so much more transparent in the book because when you have to describe it, yeah, he was like, yeah, her, she had honey blonde hair and piercing blue eyes that made you question everything about life, but she was just so boring. (laughs) You know? It becomes so obvious what they're going to do later that Mm -hmm. it's just ridiculous. But
1: Well, in the movie, she dresses like she's in the 1950s. She does. I feel like some things in the movie still felt like the 50s. I don't know. Like, the way that people at school sometimes interacted and then the way Jamie dressed, too. Mm -hmm. It was like... I don't know. It didn't really... Some of it didn't feel like the 90s even.
0: Yeah. I I don't know. And one of the things I... Another thing I... Another reason I think he said it in the 50s was that he creates so many basic stereotype characters that I think feel more at home in the 50s. Hmm. Kind of in a nostalgic kind of way. Like Nicholas Sparks watched the movie Grease. And he was like, oh, that's so great. I'll yeah. just, this character's a super nerd. This character's a super jock. This character's a super hottie, you yeah. know? And mm-hmm. that's another reason I think he may have set the book in that time period because the characters are just so generic. Yeah. And they're
1: and he doesn't really have to develop like the side characters at all.
0: No, yeah. no.
1: Which they're not in the movie either.
0: Yeah. And his writing is very uninteresting and uninspired.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Even even when he does have a good line or yeah. something, there's one line when I read it, I liked it, uh-huh. where he was talking about this nerdy kid. And he said, he's the kind of guy who'd pick a off your clothes while he talked to you. <laughs> Which was That's good. good. Yeah. It tells you everything about him. He's yeah. socially awkward. Mm-hmm. He's kind of fussy like that. But then he goes on for another paragraph about how full of himself he is like in school when he's answering questions and he yeah. gives smarmy looks to everyone. And I was like, dude, stop like five stop sentences ago. Yeah, yeah. You had one good line that, cause he wasn't even a character. He was just someone who he had to talk about for two seconds. Yeah.
1: Uh, how about, so Landon gets punished for <laughs> hazing this guy, I guess. And the principal or whoever is like, So you have to do community service and sweep the school like a janitor. And tutor, and then also, you have to be in the school play. You'll be be the lead in the school play. You also
0: immediately get the lead part part of the school play as punishment. Yeah, as a a punishment.
1: There's like 15 dudes that are like waiting for their chance. I know. They're passed up. They're auditioning
0: and like prepping, and then the principal walks in. He's like, everyone, this is Landon. He. Got a kid to jump off a pier. So as punishment, he's getting the lead part. In the
1: school play. Over
0: everyone. He yeah. didn't audition. <laughs> we just want you to be mad at him and make him learn a life lesson.
1: Yeah. That that logic is a little weird. It is was, it the same in the book?
0: No. No. So in the book, he takes a theater class
1: uh-huh.
0: uh, to uh for an easy A. Mm-hmm. And Jamie's in the class. And... He's only going to do a minor role, Mm -hmm. but there's only two guys in the theater class. Mm -hmm. And the other kid is this super stereotypical, nerdy, awkward kid. Mm -hmm. And so Jamie purposefully asks uh, Landon if he would be the lead male part. Yeah, because he's attractive. (laughs) Yeah, I guess. And she was like, I don't want people to make fun of like Jonathan and you know, I feel so bad for him. And she really lays on the guilt. Oh, okay. And just, it was ridiculous reading it. She's like, And he's trying to bring up other people like, oh, well, maybe you could ask Craig. She's like, Craig won't do it. He has football. He's like, well, maybe uh, Lucas will do it. No, Lucas, his mom is You're sick. You're the only person. And he's like, oh my God, fine. I'll do it, okay? Well,
1: at least that makes more sense than I'm going to punish you and give you the lead. I'm yeah. <laughs> I can't let that go. It's so No, it's,
0: so, it's such an absurd <laughs> shoehorned like, plot device. <laughs> but yeah uh it was a weird part of the book because she just really guilt trips him to do this yeah uh w- another thing we should descri- talk about that's a huge difference mm-hmm. is the play itself oh really so in the book and this is one of the things it talked about in the first chapter unnecessarily so the school play was written by her father okay and it was loosely based on when his wife died after Jamie was born, okay. and he's—it's about a guy trying to find a music box for his daughter, and there's an angel. Sure, sure. So now that Jamie's a senior and is going to be in it, everyone assumes she'll be the angel. So everyone wants it to be extra special, and and they do this
1: play every year.
0: Yeah, and they do the play every year, which is just—I don't know. It's a small <laughs> town, yeah. you know. Yeah. So, but the movie, they're. It's like a gangster play. Yeah, they're in
1: the 20s. They're in like some kind of speakeasy and
0: And a student wrote it, right? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the play is very connected to Jamie's story yeah. and her father, the Reverend, her family
1: and her mom. Yeah,
0: in the book. So kind of a you know, you don't even know officially that her mom dies in the movie until kind of later on.
1: Yeah, they, they don't just really talk about it. Kind of ignore
0: at all. it. Yeah. You know. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so that's another big difference.
1: Uh so let's talk about when I don't know if this is in the book or not, but when Landon asks her to help him with his lines. Oh my and, god. And Jamie's like, okay, but you have to promise not to fall in love with me. It unfortunately <laughs> is in
0: the book. Too. Oh my
1: god. Yeah. I'm just reminded of um in the office. When Meredith is giving um, Jim a ride home one day, she says like, "Don't fall in love with me, kid." (laughs) And he's just like, "Okay." (laughs) And I mean, Landon is like, "Well, that's not going to be a problem."
0: Yeah. Oh my. So, in the book, Landon, she asks Landon to do the play, and he agrees to. Yeah. And. They are kind of intertwined because of that from then on because uh-huh. they're the two leads and, doing
1: rehearsal and yeah, stuff. Yeah.
0: And she asks him to walk her home on multiple occasions. Oh. Coming back from the practice and he kind of he avoids it at first and then reluctantly agrees to. So they have these walks that kinda connect them a bit more. Yeah. Whereas in the movie uh, he's a super huge douchebag to her. Yeah, he And is. then is forced to ask her for help <laughs> multiple times. Because nobody
1: else will help him Because his lines.
0: he's so <laughs> horrible.
1: What about his one friend in the movie that all his lines are just sexual jokes?
0: Yeah, also... He has
1: no lines that aren't sexual.
0: Yeah, and also... His his friend's black, and, like, a lot of what he says is just, like, a caricature of a black yeah, person. Yeah, and he's, like,
1: hip-hop music. Yeah, so. and,
0: uh, you, just, And then you his know. other
1: friend who has, like, the girlfriend, and I feel like he probably beats her because he's, like, <laughs> terrible. Yeah, <laughs> he's, he's always, like, don't say that. You stop talking.
0: <laughs> yeah, he's super aggressive. Yeah. Yeah, his his friends are, in the book, he only kind of has the one friend, Eric. Oh,
1: yeah. Mm-hmm. uh
0: who's the caricature black friend in, in the, the movie, movie who, mm-hmm. by the way, in the movie, they have a handshake, like a friend, oh, yeah. like multi-step handshake, handshake that is just unbelievable. <laughs> and even a scene later in the movie, when things get real sad, they do the entire <laughs> handshake. <laughs> they still have time they to go through the every step <laughs> and it's just the worst. It's unbelievable. Yeah. So yeah, he's, So
1: then, yeah, they're thrown together where, like, for the play and then, like, tutoring and stuff. Mm -hmm. And I guess they start to talk and hang out and everything. Yeah. And it's, I mean, it's sort of organic the way that they get to know each other. But it also feels a little bit out of nowhere that he starts to like her.
0: Absolutely. Although the changing point is both for, is the same for both stories for the book and the movie.
1: So the play. Where,
0: yeah at the play, so they finally get to the point of doing the play, and in the book, he was a huge, I guess in both stories, he was a huge jerk to her at one point. In the Uh book, he just kind of, like, unloads on her for no reason, out of nowhere, and he feels real bad about it, and wants to make it up to her Uh uh, right before the play, and then in the movie, he completely disses her in front of everyone. Yeah, he, like, ignores
1: her in front of his friends or something.
0: Yeah, she's like, hey, you know, I'll see you later, and he's like, you wish. In <laughs> He's your dreams, like, in your dreams.
1: <laughs> and
0: everyone—they're all like good everyone, one landing. Everyone has a good laugh about yeah, it.
1: Yeah, And that's probably like the best joke that they make about someone in the movie because all the jokes they make about people are just terrible. Yeah, you're like that's not even funny. Like they insult her sweater multiple yeah, times, time. and I'm like, this is quality comedy <laughs> content, guys.
0: Also, I never buy it in a movie when guys are like super aggressively bullying a girl yeah it's weird like
1: i know i feel like people would kind of stand up to that yeah and be it, like that's not cool stop
0: i'm not saying like
1: bullying doesn't happen yeah
0: bullying from guy <laughs> to guy or girl to girl also yeah. doesn't cross lines but i feel like in that situation people would step in and be like hey stop like assaulting this poor girl like in yeah. the hallway like take it back a step mm-hmm. and everyone just doesn't like her for some reason yeah
1: there's really no reason that she's just christian which is silly you know yeah. or they're just like oh she's boring and she wears dresses I don't know
0: especially in a small town yeah everyone's like we're
1: and it's supposed to be like everyone knows everyone I think yeah. they say like they've been in the same class since kindergarten or something and in the movie you see them all in church yeah so they're all in like the same church everyone
0: goes to church everyone goes <laughs> to the same church and yet she's like singled out as like this ultra-Christian. Yeah, and you think
1: she would be, like, somewhat popular because she's the the pastor's daughter, you know? Yeah. In, like, a more religious town.
0: And she's super nice, and she helps...
1: Yeah, she's nice to everyone. In the book,
0: she's... It it goes too far in the book. She's, like, a saint. She's, like, always helping orphans, like, this... (laughs) She always... Yeah, no, really, like, she's always helping out this orphanage. Yeah. It's, like, kind of the big thing in the book, which... I guess
1: in the movie, she does tutoring, which, like, that's just a nice thing to do. It doesn't seem like she's going... Above and beyond, it's way more
0: pulled back in the book, or I'm sorry, in the movie in terms of like how her charity and what she does for others. Do gooder, but also that kind of which I appreciate. It makes her more realistic, Mm -hmm. but that's kind of con that it also makes him falling for her in the movie less believable, I guess. Yeah. Because in the book, you kind of under you're like, wow, she's such a good person. Like, yeah. it would kind of turn most people off, but it's something to admire, and I guess maybe why you could fall for her.
1: But he's, like, so much worse in the movie, though. Like, yeah, crappy person. Yeah, that's true.
0: Any normal person in the, to him, to the movie version, would yeah. seem like a saint. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. so, yeah, so the, I, I, the turning point... In both stories is that he sees her in the play mm-hmm. and she's attractive. And she's hot now. Yeah, she's hot. <laughs> he, and he now knows that she can be attractive.
1: Yeah, which is like so classic in yeah. movies. You know, it's like, especially in like some a lot of teen movies, it's like, oh, you know, she's kind of frumpy or plain and then she gets a makeover and then the guy sees her and he's like... Oh, you were there all along, like right under my nose.
0: I'm so sorry.
1: (laughs) And like, I mean, it's difficult to hide. Like Mandy Moore is just a pretty girl. In the movie, it's kind of hard to hide that she's...
0: They had to put a lot of frumpy outfits on her. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. All those
1: dresses and sweaters and stuff. And then, you know, she has her hair curled and there's makeup on and a nice dress. And suddenly Landon's like... I need to kiss you right now. (laughs) Yeah,
0: I'm going to kiss you in front of everyone, so you kind of have to kiss me. Yeah,
1: you're like forced into it because it's a play and you don't want to like break it off in the middle. Yeah. But I really actually do like the scene where she does the song Mm -hmm. in the movie. Uh, And I can't help it. Like That song (laughs) gets stuck in my head. Really? Always. I know every single word to that song. Oh, my God. And I haven't even seen the movie that many times, (laughs) but, like, it's so catchy. And then every time I, like, think about A Walk to Remember, that song is like, oh, I think it's time to get back in Adina's head. And I'm just like, oh, let's let's sing that song, Um, which it was written by Switchfoot, and then Mandy Moore performed it.
0: Oh, Switchfoot has multiple songs in yeah. this movie mm-hmm. which makes sense cr- which is
1: interesting too because uh i guess mandy moore recommended them their oh, songs huh. for the movie so that's a little
0: i mean it's appropriate i guess yeah yeah i i wasn't i kind of just zoned out in that part because really? suddenly it turns into like a music video yeah for mandy moore and mm-hmm. you kind of get why they cast her yeah
1: her voice is amazing oh
0: yeah she's got a great voice mm-hmm. but it just kind of suddenly felt like a showcase for her and for her voice And you're like, mm
1: Yeah, I like that part, though. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, oh, yeah, the the lyrics are a little bit cheesy, but it's, like, so sweet. I like it.
0: Sure. (laughs) So, yeah, so that's the turning point. She now is attractive and has value to him, so he's going to pursue her.
1: And then he's like, hmm, I think I want to try to date her, and she's like, no.
0: (laughs) So, in the book, I'm sorry, God, I'm so bad with this, in the movie... (laughs) In the movie, he suddenly, it's like a switch. He's like, instantly, I fucking love you now. And it's weird. It's, it's weird. weird how quick it is. In in the book, you kind of get.
1: Yeah, it's warming up to her and they yeah. talk and stuff.
0: And even though he's still kind of a jerk to her, afterwards, he. he feels
1: bad about it, tries to make it up. And yeah, so. he,
0: he's trying harder now to make it up. And you, you understand that he likes her now, but it's not as forward. Yeah. Whereas in the movie, he's just whatever go out, and it's so it made me so uncomfortable in a way because he's so aggressive about it. Really, I in the movie, like oh, in the movie, yeah. yeah. Sorry mm-hmm. if I said that. he like follows her outside of the school and he grabs her and he's he says,
1: Yeah, you want this too, you want Ooh, me scared. too, and blah blah blah.
0: Yeah, and she's given no indication that yeah. she because basically, up until now, she's tried to be nice to him. Before the play, uh-huh. he was just a huge tool and turned her away at every second. Now suddenly, he's like, "I love you," <laughs> and she's like, "Okay, um, I'm not sure how I feel about this." And she even's like, uh, "My dad has a rule. I can't date. I'm sorry. It's Oops. my it's my dad's rule." And he's like, "Well, I'll just freaking ask your dad then." <laughs> and so he goes to her dad. Yeah, and mm-hmm. I, I don't know. He I don't know. He's he's got balls on him (laughs) because anyone else would probably get the hint or the idea, and of course you know that she does feel this way about him because it's the movie, but Mm -hmm. she's giving all the signs of stay away from me and all the reason to be that way.
1: Uh, How about uh, Belinda, who we have not discussed yet? (laughs) Belinda, Um, I don't know if that's I don't think there's a character like that in the book at all.
0: No. Um, Well. actually there is okay he had like kind of an Uh ex-girlfriend who he runs into at the school dance he goes to the dance with jamie before they uh go to the before they do the musical together or the play okay Mm -hmm. he doesn't have a date and has no one to ask so he asks jamie oh nice yeah just (laughs) real and actually that might be That's the first thing that happens, actually, I think, before she even asks him to do the play. Oh, really? He doesn't have a date for the dance. Okay. And he asks her. (laughs) And then later she's like, time to pay up.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I did you a favor, you do me a
0: favor. Yeah, so he meets his, like, old girlfriend there who he still has a thing for and she's yeah. super drunk and then they have to, like, take care of her. Oh, okay. So...
1: Yeah, so in the movie, he's just recently broken up with um, a girl named Belinda. Um, <laughs> and you can't help feeling bad for Belinda because somebody named her Belinda. <laughs> Everything
0: that Belinda does in this movie after... You're like,
1: poor Belinda. It's
0: justified. She's the true... she She's the true victim of this story.
1: Yeah, you're like, who would name you Belinda? No
0: matter what other things you find out about these characters later on? Just remember Belinda is the victim here. Yeah,
1: she is. And um, she still has a thing for Landon and wants to get back together with him. And she sees them kiss in the play and she's like mad about it and feeling like he's into her now. So she decides to get... uh, A flyer of her as, like, this sexy girl, but put her face on it. This is
0: one of the most, uh, so how <laughs> you don't know what's going on. They find a picture of her, and yeah. they put it on the computer. And this is, remember, 2002. Yeah. And this great sequence starts of them on Photoshop, like, cutting out her face. And, and this like, is the
1: worst Photoshop Attempt that I have ever seen. Like, even ironically on the internet. (laughs) You don't
0: know what they're doing. They show this, like, five-minute sequence. Uh, Not quite. But, like, of them, like, cutting out her face and, like, erasing around the edges. And, like, doing all this stuff. Zooming in. And you're like, what are they doing? And then you finally see this flyer they've made. And it's her black and white face. Black and white. Cut out on a full-color picture Of Of some
1: bikini model. Of some bikini model. And it
0: says Virgin Mary? Yeah. It's a very weird mixed message. I don't know what they're. Well,
1: and originally the flyers were naked. But Mm. for the movie's rating, they had to make it uh, have like. A swimsuit on. Oh,
0: really? Yeah. Okay. (laughs) So
1: I think it was supposed to be worse than it was, but it just seems really stupid, and I don't don't know why people would laugh at that even, or be like, oh, it's so embarrassing.
0: It's both very aggressive and terrible, but also very stupid and and just no sense it makes no sense but
1: you know it it upsets Jamie and then Landon comforts her and it's this whole thing yeah
0: the sequence though is just amazing you see them doing this photoshop thing and you're like what are they doing and it's (laughs) the worst photoshop you've ever seen in your life it's wonderful
1: yeah so they they go on their first date um and then that's after that, he tells her that he loves her, which is, like, very soon. Real quick. After they have been hanging out.
0: There's a part in the book that takes place after the play where uh-huh. she asks for his help. Mm-hmm. Uh, once again, in response to when he blew up at her, she's like, well, if you are really sorry about it, you'll help me with this. She asks him, because he has a car, uh-huh. to drive around town and collect uh, tin cans that she left out for change for the orphanage. Oh, and they're at different stores and stuff, so he drives around town, collects them, and then finds out there's only, like, 20 bucks in them oh. collectively, mm-hmm. and he feels super bad about it, because it's Christmas time, and she yeah. she really wants it to be a special Christmas. She wants to help the orphan For no reason. Yeah, yeah, like, for th- some reason, this, yeah, Christmas in particular, she really wants it to be special, and uh-huh. so then he, I guess, just takes his own money and puts it in the jars. Okay. And so it adds up to like $170 or something. And she's (laughs) super happy and buys Christmas gifts for all the orphans. And he goes to the orphanage for the Christmas party and Mm -hmm. she's there and he buys her a sweater. And that's when he gives her the sweaters at this party. Mm -hmm. And at this point she gives him a gift, which is the Bible that she always carries around with her. Oh, okay. Which you find out was her mother's Bible. Mm-hmm. And I was like, are you freaking kidding me? He did this, like, one favor for you. And, and you
1: give her, like, yeah. Your dead you give him mom's
0: your- <laughs> Bible that you carry around with you everywhere. It's yeah. this huge gesture that wow. comes out of nowhere and... You know, you maybe know, that
1: means she's in love with him. Yeah, I That guess. probably is a precursor to that.
0: You know, you get the, and you know, you know that's where it's going. And mm-hmm. you know that he likes her, but it was just a huge step. It was like way too much, yeah. in my opinion. Yeah. But that's kind of a, a showing of love for her that he goes out and does this. So that's at least something nice he does. Yeah,
1: sweet thing he does. And in the movie, he does like a lot of stuff for her. Um, mm-hmm. You know, he wants to her to get stuff that she has on her list of things to do before she dies, her bucket list. So they do like the two places at once thing, and he gives her a temporary tattoo. <laughs> oh,
0: that's, I forgot. That's why yeah, they even did that. Cause that's she, her,
1: her, like her whole list of things to do.
0: She wanted a tattoo. So he put a temporary tattoo on her. Yeah. Yeah.
1: One thing, uh, so something that I kind of don't like about the movie, and I'm sure that it's in the book too, Is this whole idea that a virtuous and, you know, pure woman can change a shitty person.
0: Yeah. You know,
1: this bad boy, he meets her and then he like turns his life around. Which I'm not saying that you can't meet somebody that makes you want to be better. Mm -hmm. But I don't really like that it's always the girl. You know, it's always the girl that has to be like... The pure one and, <laughs> yeah. you know, the one that is the good the good person. And then, yeah. you know, the, the crappy guy is like, oh, I need to change my ways because I love her, blah, blah, blah. You know, it's just like.
0: Well, it, it, yeah, and that's a big problem I have with the book because they set it up that way is. As- him redeeming himself because he loves her and she's making him a better person. But everything he does is still for her.
1: Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's selfish. Yeah, it's still this like
0: kind of self-driven, you know, even the giving the money to the orphans. Was because of her. Was still because of her. It Mm -hmm. wasn't specifically.
1: he wants her to like, like him. And, Mm -hmm. you know.
0: Yeah, so you, you just, you know, they're setting it up this way that he's redeeming himself and becoming a better person. But in the long run, you just, I feel like he's just still selfish.
1: Yeah. And I, like, I do believe that love can change people, you know, Mm -hmm. and being around good people, friends, you know, um, having good family or being with someone that's good will, will help you to like be better or inspire you. But, you know, I feel like in all these types of movies, they don't really illustrate it outside of their relationship. So like you said, it's like all selfish, just doing stuff for her. Yeah. and doing it because he wants her to like him or be proud of him, you know?
0: You have to show it beyond the extent of the relationship and, like, show him that he's developed beyond that. And I guess the movie kind of does that a little bit more. Yeah. He goes to visit that guy who he made jump off, which he was (laughs) kind of obligated to anyway. He finally
1: (laughs) visits the guy who's in, like... Some kind of hospit Not hospice, but, like... He's not dying. It was
0: a bad fall. He was, he,
1: he's in, like, some kind of physical recovery thing now. Yeah. But I'm like, what happened to this I guy? We never find out. He might have had
0: internal bleeding. I yeah. don't know.
1: But he finally visits him and is like, I'm sorry that I was a terrible person.
0: And he forgives him way too quickly. Yeah, he does. I would have told him just to get the hell out as soon as he walked in.
1: Yeah. Then Jamie eventually tells him that she's sick and she has cancer. And it's this big scene, you know, um, mm-hmm. like they're the original Fault in Our Stars. <laughs> yeah,
0: kind of. Except it's not what the movie's about or the book. It's just how he decided to end it, kind
1: of. Yeah. You know? And uh, so he kind of based this on his sister who had cancer. Yeah, Which... Makes us feel crappy now. A little bit. I, <laughs> I,
0: I read that right before we started recording. Uh-huh. And I was like, no, I need to be able to like make fun of now this. No, I feel
1: like a jerk. Ugh. Yeah, it's sad because um, I'm not sure the timeline of when she was sick or um, whatever, but he based Jamie on his sister because I guess she was sort of unpopular and people made fun of her and mm-hmm. stuff. And she had cancer. And then her husband ended up marrying her even though he knew she was sick because he loved her, obviously. And um but she didn't die until after the book was published, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Which so I don't know. Threw me. I don't know if like the cancer you know, she it was cured for a while and then it might have come back or she might have just been in a long term battle with it. Which it mean, is sad. You it know? is. And she
0: he said her husband married her knowing she was going to die. So yeah. maybe it was in remission or something or mm-hmm. delayed, but they knew it would eventually happen. Yeah. So you know, that's the turn the movie takes. But I have to say, though, for a story like this, I feel, I don't know, it, it doesn't feel right to have a movie that turns into a cancer story Yeah. without really getting into the realities of having cancer. Kind no, of. it
1: doesn't at all. And I mean, she has this... Part in the movie where she kind of collapses and then she's in the hospital, Mm -hmm. um, which is fine. But, you, you know, you never see her getting, like, any kind of treatment. And they say that she's not doing treatment anymore. But she seemed, like, perfectly healthy up until this point, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. It doesn't seem like a very real portrait of what somebody with cancer would look like. And even in the end, you know, she looks very healthy like
0: yeah <laughs> well in, in the movie it comes out of left field yeah she's just like by the way i have cancer yeah in the book though there are a lot of hints okay
1: mm-hmm. where
0: you know he'll ask where is she going to college and she's just like oh, i'm not going to college yeah and she kind of doesn't answer it mm-hmm. and her dad is just kind of very emotional
1: okay yeah
0: unknowingly through you know very mysteriously throughout the story he's uh-huh. just constantly uh suffering and you kind of don't know why you think He's just losing his daughter. Yeah, in a, in, a, in a the context of, of her, her dating up, and growing yeah. up, but mm-hmm. then you find out what's going on. But uh, in the book, she comes out about her cancer. Yeah. basically when they're officially together. Uh huh. Kind of right before that. Yeah. Whereas in the movie, it's kind of a lot shittier. Cause, yeah,
1: it's like after they've been together for a while. Yeah,
0: she's she's like oh yeah you know we're dating and going on dates and love and life and we
1: both said i love you
0: yeah and he asks her at one point he's like why didn't you tell me and she's yeah. like the doctor said i should live a normal life for as long as i can and i'm like that's not much of a reason to not tell someone you have cancer
1: yeah and it's you know it's sad they honestly though at this part in the movie like it kind of gets really boring it
0: gets super boring just like
1: from a that type of perspective where you're looking at like the content of it um, and what's happening in the plot, because, you know, things are ev- like interesting when they first meet and they're like getting together and stuff's happening. But then once she has cancer or she fi- he finds out that she has cancer. It's just like, Oh no, this is a cancer story now. And yeah, It's just like, she's in the hospital and he's like building a telescope for her so he can show her the stars before she dies uh, or something. Yeah. I don't know.
0: And she's in, I'd say in the book and the movie kind of unbelievably impossibly strong about the whole thing. Yeah. And that's kind of where I'm coming from about the cancer story, not accurately. Yeah.
1: yeah. And she's like, I mean, I get that her faith is, like, really helping her through Mm -hmm. it, but, you know, I'm sure people that have faith still struggle with, you know, knowing that they're probably going to die and being afraid and, you know, even being sad about, like, their family and friends that they're leaving behind or worrying about that, so, yeah, she, I mean, there is a part in the movie where she seems kind of like, oh, you're making me mad at God, but it that that's it so. yeah and she
0: does plenty of crying in the book too okay yeah but it's still there's no anger there's nothing else it's kind of this very simplistic like mm-hmm. once she gets cancer in the book it's a lot of crying from everyone uh <laughs> until the end
1: yeah basically and they they get married he proposes to her
0: Yeah, because
1: that's one thing on her list that she wants to get married in the church that her parents got married in, you know, which is sweet, you know,
0: something, though, that bothers me, though, in in the book was that and he even kind of says at one point now, I know what you're thinking. I'm asking her to marry her because I feel bad for her. Yeah, or guilty Mm -hmm. or I'm only doing it because she's going to die soon anyway. Yeah. And he's like, but it's I really love her. But up until now everything he's done for her has basically been fueled by guilt because he of. feels bad yeah mm-hmm. ever like okay. he did the play because she really lays Guilted on the guilt him. about yeah. it he's like okay I'll, I'll do it and then he only does the uh orphan money thing because he blew up at her the one time and she yeah. asked him to do this favor for mm-hmm. her and so a lot of his actions are fueled by guilt mm-hmm. and even though you're telling me this one isn't yeah. it, your pattern has, is not reinforcing that. Yeah. And so it kind of everything up till now has kind of been a cop out decision, like a, a non-decision.
1: Yeah. And it's, it doesn't feel like that in the movie. It's more like, Oh, I want to do this for her, you know, before mm-hmm. she dies. Yeah. It, so that's a little bit The better. guilt
0: factor He's is not as toned down, is not as strong. <laughs> There's another thing, though, in the book that threw me off completely mm. in, in a bad way. I was like, you can't be serious, where she, they're talking about when he first sees her in chapter one, mm-hmm. she smiles at him, yeah. at him specifically, yeah. and he's like, but I wouldn't find out what that meant until later. <laughs> you know, one of those yeah. first-person foreshadowing things. Uh-huh. And later on, they're talking, and he said, you know, when we first saw each other, in that class and you smiled at me it's because you knew I'd be doing the play with you wasn't it Mm -hmm. she's like maybe and he's like and when I asked you to the dance and you said don't fall in love with me you knew it's because I would didn't you she's like (laughs) maybe and he was like and then she says something along the lines that she's like why what did you think it meant when I when I said I was praying for you or something. Yeah. So implying that she's wanted to be with him. All along. All she's or- along. orchestrated this plot. And he was such a shitty person at the beginning. Yeah, that's weird. It makes no sense <laughs> at all. He was horrible. And like maybe partway through he's redeemed himself enough and shown enough compassion. Yeah, that she
1: might fall in love with that him. That you
0: could believe that maybe she'd be into him. But before mm-hmm. that, he's just so apathetic and boring. Yeah. And, and it's interesting because... I kind of struggled with this a lot with his character where I liked on the one hand, he wasn't as one dimensional as a lot of characters. He wasn't a caricature. Mm -hmm. He was more of a relatable teenager. He just kind of didn't want to like commit to anything too big. He didn't know what he was going to do in college. And in a way he was the most relatable in that way. But on the other hand, there was kind of nothing to his character either. Yeah, you know, nothing
1: interesting. About they wanted him. him
0: to be the bad boy without being the bad boy. Mm-hmm. He comes from a really rich, a really rich family uh-huh. in the book, but that kind of plays nothing into his character. He's not entitled, or mm-hmm. no one really sees him differently because of that. There's kind of all these elements to him that add up to a lot of nothing,
1: and they're not explored at all.
0: No, yeah. no, like the money comes into play because they afford her
1: like home health care, her
0: home health care, but yeah besides that. So it was kind of this weird blend of I liked him cuz he wasn't a caricature but also yeah. he just was boring and mm-hmm. kind of a douche.
1: Yeah. It's like it is a sweet story, you know, like Yeah. the concept of it. Um I it just it doesn't really do it for me, it's, and I yeah. read um other Nicholas Sparks books, and you know some of them are better than others. I I really did like the Notebook, and I think the movie is kind of a better one. So we might do that one sometime yeah. later on. Uh, it it works a little bit better, I think, but yeah, it's a little silly in some parts, especially in the movie.
0: <laughs> yeah, the movie's very <laughs> late nineties kind of
1: nineties, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
0: So yeah, what you said about it being a sweet story, though, it was there were parts mm-hmm. I liked the part where they're finally kind of together or starting to get together. And yeah. he's actually making an effort before she has cancer mm-hmm. or you find out that was kind of the sweet spot for me that. Yeah, I guess I enjoyed it the most. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So it, it decent story, but yeah. the writing, especially in the book for me, was a big the movie's competent enough. Yeah. But the writing. This book even...
1: So which one is better, the book or the movie? Oh,
0: man. Um, I'm
1: going to say the movie.
0: The movie's shorter. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> Less of your time. I
0: might have to say the movie.
1: I'm going to say the movie just because of Mandy Moore. Like, I don't know. I, that one scene where she's singing does it for me. That, yeah. <laughs> that's good. I like that. Yeah, that's not bad. I, I'll say
0: the movie because it's shorter. Yeah. <laughs> the book, though, it did give me a firsthand account of what it's like to be mansplained to. Oh, man. <laughs> where early on when he's talking about the time period, he's yeah. talking about... Communists and really, yeah, like just for no reason. Yeah, I think just it's to the fifties. Yeah, he's like, <laughs> and he's like, this is the it was the fifties, so you, you have to remember that people were afraid the of the communists. So I'm like, okay, yeah, because of the Cold War, <laughs> it keeps going on, and oh I was like,
1: oh my god, oh we my know. god, yeah, I
0: know what happened generally. So it, it, just the perspective of the story in first person and everything, it was, and everything. Exhausting, it was exhausting, and it just. <laughs> Did not do it for me. Yeah. And also the way it ended, the very end, mm-hmm. he, once they get married, that's where the story ends. Oh, okay. And that bothered me that, like, they don't talk about how yeah, she movie, passed away. Yeah, it's like, there's,
1: like, an epilogue where he's, yeah. like, doing better and living his life, blah, blah, blah.
0: Which I appreciated, but the book was... She they get married and it cuts to him in present day, and he's like, I've never taken my wedding ring off since I remember
1: that time. I
0: remember me, (laughs) me, me, and you're like, What happened to anyone else, like her or the people she cared about? But Mm -hmm. he's just like,
1: Ah,
0: I'm such (laughs) a good (laughs) person. The 50s, oh man, yeah, Yeah. so I think
1: that wraps it up. I think
0: it does, yeah, Yeah, I think we've vented a little bit and.
1: Mm Thank you so much for listening. Yeah. We've had um, such great feedback from everyone uh, about the podcast, and we're so happy to do it. Um, we just love it.
0: Yeah. Everyone who's given us a shot, and we've gotten some recommendations from people for stories and books to do that. Yeah. I think we're going to do a couple of them. and
1: In the future. In
0: the future. We're really excited about it and everything. So if you want to get in contact with us.
1: Uh, our email is cover2creditspod at gmail.com. Or you can tweet at us at cover2credits, and that's the number two. Mm-hmm. Also find us on Facebook, and uh, we'll be updating on those feeds about what we'll be doing next.
0: Yes. find Follow us to find out what next week's next episode will be about. Um, yeah. A uh, special shout-out and thanks to uh, Bob Kiernan and Actual Size for providing the sound equipment that we do our podcast on.
1: It's amazing.
0: Yeah, it's it's helped so much.
1: All right. Thanks for listening. Thank you. Bye.
0: Bye.